We told you we'd be back sooner rather than later. It's the Hot Stove presented by the Cup of Mets podcast. Ami and Bosniak joined alongside by Robert Benegas, as always. Robbie, the Mets are making some moves. We're back just in two days. How are we feeling? Great, man. It's good to see that the Mets and uh, David Stearns uh, are making, uh, you know, small, subtle moves. But uh, in my opinion, we're not finished. And uh, again, this is a good start to the uh, 2023 offseason. Yeah, it's nice to know that the front office has a pulse. Um, Definitely. You know, we're, we're, we're seeing them add pieces to the front office. You know, that's been the big talk. But the Mets finally made some moves, and we'll dive into that. You've probably heard about them already. Um, and as Rob mentioned, there are probably more players on the way, hopefully soon. But before we get going, remember to give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Cup of Mets. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe to the pod, whether you get it on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So the New York Mets made their first move, and it is Luis Severino signing a one-year $13 million contract. The former Yankee now turned Met. He'll be entering his age 30 season, coming off a really rough year with the Yanks, where he only made 18 starts, appeared in 19 games to the tune of a 6.65 ERA, 6.14 FIP. Can you believe $13 million? I mean, listen, I like the deal. But uh-huh. it just shows what the, we were talking about it the other night. It just shows what where the starting pitching market is. Yeah, teams are paying out the kazoo for arms right now. No, definitely. And again, um, a lot of arms out there to uh, choose from. But again, um, you know, if Lance Lynn can make ten million, then I think Luis Severino should respectively make around ten to thirteen million, and he did. He and again, I know there's uh, some performance uh, incentives in that deal, but um, I think it's a great. I think it's a good one year project deal for the Mets along with a good, uh, you know, one-year deal for Luis Severino as a player because, you know, he need, he had a rough 2023. A guy who struggled to um, pitch a lot the last couple seasons, but, um, again, it's just like a one-year prove-it deal. I think it's I think it's good for both parties. Yeah, listen, it, it was a grueling process for Severino between the years of 2019 and 2021. He underwent Tommy John surgery, and it took him 19 months to get back onto the mound because of that COVID season as well. So 2021 was really his first dip back into the water, only made four starts, then came on last year through a hundred and hundred, a little over a hundred innings, made 19 starts in 2022, posted a 318 ERA with a 370 FIP, but then obviously imploded this past year, but he dealt with oblique injuries along the way. How, you know, how do you feel about put aside the money? How do you feel about him being a reclamation project coming from the Bronx to Queens? How do you think he's going to fare in this transition state in his career? Obviously, it's a he's kind of in the same boat as like a Noah Syndergaard, if you think about it, kind of like a make or break type deal in a way. No, definitely, definitely. And again, like I said, it's like a one year prove it deal for him. Uh, he pitches well. I think he hits the market again and not only asks for more money, but again, more years, hopefully, in his new contract. Um, but again, a guy whose fastball velocity is still there, regardless of the arm issues in the past and then the oblique injury and all that. It did get hit around a lot uh, last year. I mean, you know, the ERA speaks for itself. But when your fastball is in the 88th percentile, I think you have a chance to not only be good in the major leagues, but again, have, find find it again, uh, especially if, you know, again, you've been struggling the last three years with health and or uh, just performance in general. But again, uh, Luis Severino, I think, is a, is a good fit for the Mets, um, especially if they're trying to get um, two arms, what we'll talk about later, in, uh, from Japan. And I think a six-man rotation is very possible now uh, with a guy like Luis Severino. 
uh, in the mix. A healthy Luis Severino will go a long way. Definitely. And you mentioned it before, within the 88th percentile in fastball velo, even in a down year, I mentioned Noah Syndergaard before. The one thing that Severino has regained is he has regained that velocity. So that's yeah. not a problem. His off-speed pitch, his off-speed pitches were bashed around quite a bit this past season. There's no doubting that his slider got hit to a 280 average. Uh, his four-seam fastball, as you mentioned, was hit around 353 batting average against. Um, but again, I think that he's just he's still trying to find his stuff, right? And obviously, this past season was. You know, 2022, I guess, was his first full season back, but the Yankees probably put him on an innings limit, and they also, you know, he probably dealt with some hiccups along the way. This past season, though, was his supposed to be his first full season back and then dealt with those oblique injuries. So I think the Mets are just really banking on, hey, what can we get out of Severino? One-year deals are never really a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Worst-case scenario, he pitches well, the Mets aren't good, and the Mets could flip him at the deadline, and David Stearns could continue to build out the farm system. We don't want to think that way, obviously, right? But to me, when I saw the Mets sign Severino, I knew that, A, he would be for the back end of the rotation, and B, as I mentioned before, it just it really blew my mind um, <laughs> how much money he got. Listen, I know Lance Lynn got $10 million, made a good point there. I just, uh, everybody needs arms and a guy that yeah. had a 614 FIP, you know, we could, you know, say what you want about an ERA 665, you know, FIPs are a better indicator. A 614 FIP in 89 innings, just $13 million. That's a lot of money, but I think that he's a good bounce back candidate. I think that he will be out to redeem himself within the same mm-hmm. city. And Listen, I, I think that it's a low-risk, low, low risk, high reward type deal for the Mets. And I'm excited to see how he can kind of, if, if he can return to form. Fangraphs is pegging him to make 26 starts, which I think would be a great a yeah. great number to have. Definitely. Going 9-9, yeah, no. mm-hmm. 432 ERA, 442 FIP, but contributing a 1.6 war. What are you realistically, you know, projecting from, not necessarily numbers, but what are you projecting for Severino coming back this year? I mean, again, if you were to tell me he made, he makes 26 starts in 2024, I'd take it in a heartbeat. That's something that the Mets struggled with a lot last year, guys, uh, especially in their pitching staff, staying on the field. Um, again, he I also see he's projected 141 innings, uh, which is rather interesting from Fangraphs because, again, he hasn't pitched over 110, 120 innings since 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another stat that's very interesting is that uh, when Luis Severino is on and when he was good in 2017, 2018, his um his percentage for leading guys on base have been 75 and above, um, which oh, is great, wow. which is great. And again, even when he struggled last year, he still flirted with that number. Um, but again, like you said, um, the reward is going to be high, especially with a guy coming off a lot of these injuries like Luis Severino. Um, and again, I really like, again, I'm, I'm going to reiterate myself. I really see a six man rotation in place now or, or starting to come into fruition. Um, because again, a guy like Severino, whose arm hasn't had that much mileage, uh, since 2018, uh, joins a staff that potentially, you know, again, needs, in, needs a lot of innings. And, and again, I think six, six pitchers or six capable starting pitchers is a, is a recipe for success in terms of, uh, just eating innings for the Mets. Absolutely benefits would benefit a lot of the pitchers. There's no question about that. Mm -hmm. 
especially a guy like Senga, you know? Yeah, yeah, Sanga, and then you you mentioned it before. We'll touch on two pitchers later on that the Mets are now linked to aggressively. So, all good things for the Mets. Severino joins Quintana and Kodai as the locks for the rotation. Miguel Budo and Lucchese are uh, you know vying for that final spot potentially. They're depth pieces, but Luis Severino, one year, thirteen million dollar contract. I think Rob and I are both in agreement. Nice, solid, low risk, high reward type deal. What's been a trend in the Steve Cohen era has been the Mets signing players in clusters, Rob. And the other day when we heard that the Mets signed Luis Severino, it was reported that they were working on another deal. And hours later, the Mets went ahead and signed Joey Wendell, the former all-star for the Tampa Bay Ray, turned Miami Marlin, really didn't have a good year last year, hit 212, 248 on base percentage, only 47 uh, weighted runs created plus in 112 games. They signed him to a one-year, $2 million contract. He's essentially replacing the likes of Luis Guillorme. Fans aren't happy. Or fans weren't happy, I should say. They wanted the homegrown piece to stay in Guillorme if they were going to sign Wendell. I like this move for the Mets. I think Joey Wendell, given his successes in the past and also the capabilities of what he can do. Listen, Guillorme was projected 1.7 mil in his final year of arbitration, you'd have to think that he would probably get a little bit more than $2 million. Guillaume was showing signs of regression at age 30. So why not sign a guy like Wendell, who's proven himself going into his age 34 season that can help in all the same facets that Guillaume did? Yeah, definitely. And, and the best part about Joey Wendell is that not only can he play the infield, but he could play a little bit of left field as well. Um, give guys like, like McNeil or, or whoever's in the outfield, like with Nimmo days off and, Again, Joey Wendell is similar in my eyes to Luis Guillorme, just a little bit of a better hitter. Uh, He's a doubles machine, like you mentioned it before, all-star in 2021 with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Again, I'm, I'm, it's not a move that you, you know, you're excited about, but it's a move that's going to help your bench and that's going to help your team overall. Um, Again, no, no shade on Guillorme, but you did see regression, like you said. And then again, a guy like Joey Wendell, who's just a proven major leaguer and, and he's known to be a clubhouse guy. Um, I think just fits well with with the boat of players that we have right now. And on top of that, this is this is just like a David Stearns type move in my eyes. Um, again, I understand people are upset that Guillaume was non-tendered. I'd rather, me personally, I'd rather a guy who's proven like Joey Wendell, who's been in the All-Star game, who's been in the big stage or the playoffs with Tampa Bay. Um, and it's just, again, third base is very thin with the Mets right now. And there's not really that much stability in that position. So... A guy like Joey Wendell, who can, whose primary position is third base, um, could give a guy like Brett Beatty a day off, or, or if we do stick with Brett Beatty at third base. But again, I like the signing. I think it's a nice little bench piece for the bench mob in 2024. Um, and again, it's it's a it's an upgrade in my opinion to uh, to a guy like if you're going to compare him to a guy like Luis Guillorme. Absolutely, definitely an upgrade. And I think you mentioned it last episode. You mentioned that, you know, the accumulation of pieces. Mm-hmm. is what builds that winner, right? Yeah. And David Stearns knows that. And Joey Wendell probably will be one of those pieces, God willing, you know, that bounces back, can provide what he regularly does. And I'm not saying that he needs to go back to his three-war season in 2021 or his 3.9-war season in 2018. Listen, the guy is 34 years old. But, you know, Fangraphs, again, projecting him to hit four home runs, 24 ribbies, 
posting a 0.3 war. He was worth negative 0.8 war last year. So obviously we really can't get wor much worse than that. So having all those capabilities, as you said, playing all the infield positions, being able to play a little bit of left field, it gives the Mets a lot of roster flexibility. And he's a guy, as I mentioned before, when you can play all the infield positions, when your team has the likes of a Ronnie Mauricio and a Mark Vientos and a Brett Beatty, and you're trying to figure out where all these guys go, a nice veteran piece and Joey Wendell, you said it before, really good clubhouse guy as well, is a nice fit. And at $2 million, he's another guy just on a one-year deal, and he has performance in incentives as well. They're nothing crazy, but it allows him to potentially make more, gives him obviously an incentive to play better. And then also he brings his experience and his knowledge to a young team and essentially plays the same role. And I also find it funny that he's also a part of the no batting glove gang. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. I yeah. Love that. Just yeah. Shows he, his gritty and toughness. Yeah. Him and him and Luis Guillaume, they literally yeah. switch spots, you know, Guillaume no, is also a no batting glove guy. Um, yeah. Well, listen, number 13 too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would that would be something if he's wearing number yeah, yeah. thirteen. I heard A Rod's pissed that his number hasn't been retired yet. Now that we're on the subject of thirteen, but whatever. And yeah, the Mets. Yeah, he wanted, <laughs> he wanted to be a Met. No, yeah. um, but but listen, I, I I think overall, it was a it was a good signing. You said it earlier, a doubles machine. Thirty three doubles in twenty eighteen, thirty one doubles in two thousand twenty one, and just this past season, even in just. 297 at-bats, he did hit 16 doubles again. And in the previous year, in 2022, which was a down year, he also slugged 24 doubles. So the guy can get on base. There you go. And uh, listen, we can only hope that he can provide what Guillaume did when Guillaume was good, and then some. And I think that the Mets have, as you mentioned, a nice piece to that, uh, to that new 2024 bench mob. So yesterday, Boz... A report from Joel Sherman came out. Yep. That he was told by an MLB executive that the Mets are not only aggressive on pursuing Yoshinibo Yamamoto, but they're also aggressively pursuing Shota Imanaga, who was posted just a couple of days ago. Um, do you think that the Mets have the opportunity to not only get both pitchers to join Kodai Senga and Queens, but again, what is the likelihood that happens? Do you think that's that's <laughs> something that's in play right now? or? I mean... It's so funny how we're just recording these episodes two days apart and we both felt like Yamamoto was not going to be a Met after we both predicted that he was going to be a Met. Mm -hmm. Then Sherman comes out with the report and it was only several, uh, you know, it was only X amount of hours after the Mets had signed to Luis Severino that the Mets are aggressively pursuing Yamamoto and Shota Imanaga. So they actually used a specific word, and I'm going to find that word right now. They are going full bore on right. trying to sign Yamamoto and Shota Imanaga. They also said, the executive said, they're not messing around in terms of the Mets. I don't think they have the stomach for a year or two to get the ship turned around. So that tells me that, A, Steve Cohen sees the window a little bit sooner than projected, or... He just doesn't want to lose anymore, and he's giving Stearns the keys to the car. Yeah. Um, Yamamoto, I have a feeling with the posting fee, this thing could get up to $285, $300 million. 
And I know that I mentioned that I wanted him in that 240 to 250 range. I don't think that's going to happen with the amount of suitors and the suitors that are in play, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Giants. I think you're going to have to dish out the big cash. If the Mets are willing to do that and commit eight years at 28 to $32 million annually to Yamamoto, I, he's definitely worth it at being just 25 years old, three-time MVP, three-time pitcher of the year, right? Shota Imanaga, I think, is definitely an interesting case because MLB trade rumors predicted him to sign a five-year, $85 million contract that would be worth uh, 17 annually. Imanaga is someone that I think is going to sign before Yamamoto, even though he's gotten posted later than than Yoshinibo. Yeah. I, listen, the likelihood that they land both, I would maybe say, I don't know, 50-50. I, I, I can't really go above 50-50 because, A, I know that Steve Cohen wants to win. He's a fan too. You know, he, he doesn't want to see this team suck again, have another 75 win team. Um, and then David Stearns knows how to operate with the smaller pieces like a Joey Wendell, like some of the pitching depth that maybe a Billy Epler didn't. So with more money in his cannon, mm-hmm. he's able to, he may be able to pull off something like this. And as you, and as we alluded to before, the six man rotation really would come into play, especially because Yamamoto, Sanga and Imanaga are all used to a six man rotation. Now, the thing is, is that if you're spending close to $300 million on Yamamoto, you have to pay the posting fee plus the contract to Imanaga as well. So we're looking at potentially somewhere between 350 and $400 million committed to both of them mm-hmm. um, in a single off season. Are you comfortable with that? Given that they're again, obviously there are very, very well-regarded pitchers. Executives yeah. love them. They've had tons of success in Japan, but they're still rookies at the end of the day. We were still crossing our fingers at the beginning of the season that Kodai was going to be as advertised. Yeah. Would you be comfortable committing that much money to two pitchers that are considered, you know, you know, unknown commodities here in the MLB. I mean, I, that's a lot of money to deal with. Thank God it's not mine. Because again, yeah. I I think I'd be more uncomfortable if if it was my money. But but again, obviously, the, <laughs> obviously. But again, at the end of the day, it's good to hear that Steve Cohen and the Mets want to be competitive next year, going into twenty twenty four. Obviously, um, but again, I think I think it'd be worth it to be honest. Because at the end of the day, we need pitching. Uh, I did read that Yoshinibo wants to pitch with a Japanese teammate, and we already have Kodai Senga, so that's a plus. I think if we don't get both of them, I think we get either or. But in my opinion, you know, you need all the pitching you can get uh, to make it, you know, to October, November, and uh, I think it'd be well worth it, honestly. This Japanese rotation that the Mets are trying to form uh, is, uh, is would be a legit three-headed monster. And then again, to my point in the beginning of the show, I think a guy like adding those two guys along with Senga, Quintana, and a Severino just gives you a nice little six-man rotation that could eat up a lot of innings. Yeah, you'd be looking at Yamamoto, Senga, Imanaga, Quintana, Severino, and then a McGill, Budo, or Lucchese. Yeah. I Listen, I would, I would definitely be for it. It's obviously very risky, as you said before. I am totally glad that it's not my money as well because mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't, I'm indecisive as anything, so I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. If I were to say right now which player I think is more likely to come to the Mets, I would say Imanaga 
mm-hmm. only because there are so many suitors for Yamamoto. And as I said before, so many teams with money, but spending that much money is a ton. But again, as you said, we need to fill the pitching slots, you know? So then you look at the rotation and you go, all right, there's 30 million committed to Yamamoto. There's 15 million committed to Sanga. There's 17 million committed to Imanaga. There's 12 million, which was a steal. Now looking back on it, seeing the market for Quintana and there's 13 million committed to Severino. So that puts you up near 45. uh, It's a big number. 52. Yeah. 64. That that puts you at nearly $80 million annually just for your rotation. Mm -hmm. Right. Ton of money. But I think it kind of shows that the Mets don't necessarily feel like also guys like Mike Vasile are going to make an immediate impact. Yeah. So listen, if they're willing to do that and if those pitchers come over and have an easy transition like Kodai did, obviously it would be unreal. Yeah. I think, I think again, I think again, like the, the ceiling would be very high, obviously. um, If they all pitch like Senga next year. And then again, like you mentioned, Mike Vasile, like a Dom Hamill, maybe those guys can be used in like a trade piece for someone potentially like, you know, to help out your lineup. Absolutely. Um, but again, I, I think I'd be comfortable with it just because like the camaraderie, it would, uh, it would help yeah. out a lot in the starting rotation. Just because again, Kodai Senga, you see what he could do. Um, I think, and again, just in the long run, like I know, I know, eight, nine, ten year deals aren't the best for you know a guy, a guy who hasn't pitched in the in the states. But, but again, I think twenty five years old, um, you'll have those three for the next four or five seasons. You know, and and, all and you're you signing have. Imanaga as well at the same age that you signed Senga. At. Yeah, exactly. So you would only have to by year three, four, five with those guys. You would only have to worry about your back end of the rotation, and then you know get the, get there uh, when when we cross that bridge uh, in terms of Senga and Imanaga's end of the year, end of the contract. Um, but again, I, I I don't know. Steve Cohen has and and company have definitely uh, pulled some tricks up their sleeves in the past. Whether we like it or we don't, but um, I think I think it's possible that both of them will be on the Mets. And knowing them all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we'll all be at work. And then we'll see mm-hmm. the Mets sign Yoshinibu Yamamoto. And then 10 seconds later, we'll see Mets sign Shota Imanaga. And everyone will go crazy because that's how uh, Steve Steve Cohen tends to do these things. It's like a little, it's like a burst of action. Clusters. Yeah, 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 just a burst of action. But, yeah. you know, I said 50-50. I know you just said a good like a good chance. What are you putting the percentages at that both are Mets? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sixty forty. I'm a, sixty I'm a, forty. Yeah, You're a little, little, little bit more optimistic than I am. I am because you know, again, money talks, and I think that, again, I think, and again, I'm a big believer on like Kodai Senga helping out and recruiting. To be honest, I he's mentioned it in the past that he wants Yamamoto, and now that I feel like Imanaga has been posted, and I'm sure he's talked to them, both of them. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think I'm going a little sixty forty, just because again, I do think Steve puts his money where his mouth is. And then again, if it just it'll just level up a pitcher like Senga again, uh, to uh to not only you know be better than last year, but to you know get us to where we want to be. There it is. Mets fans are optimistic. <laughs> All right, Robbie. One last name that's been brought up recently: free agent starter Eduardo Rodriguez. The Mets reportedly have interest in Rodriguez, and I assume that Rodriguez is a guy that the Mets would fall back on should they miss out on Yamamoto. Or an Imanaga. Rodriguez had a 
career season last year, posting his lowest CRA, 330, along with a 366 FIP, was worth three war and 26 starts for the Tigers. Listen, Eduardo Rodriguez has been very, very durable through 152 and two-thirds of an inning in 2023. The year before was really not wonderful. He was injured, only made only five starts in his first year in Detroit, but really was a stalwart uh, for the Boston Red Sox rotation in 2021. Despite a 474 ERA, he posted a 332 FIP, uh, which was the lowest of his career po- and worth 3.9 war, which is why he ended up getting that lucrative contract with the Detroit Tigers. He'll be entering his age 31 season, projected for a little bit of a regression. Are you personally interested in Eduardo Rodriguez if the Mets miss out on you know the two big guns, or would you try to patch it, patch the rotation a little bit differently with some, you know, like a Lugo or a Giolito or somebody like that, uh, and then spend more on the lineup, or are you pivoting to a Eduardo Rodriguez like they've been linked to, or even a Jordan Montgomery who we know that they're interested in? Yeah, I think, again, with every plan A, there's a plan B. I think this is the plan B for the Mets. I th- again, you we mentioned it before that they're very pursuing the Japanese pitchers uh, aggressively and that those are their top priorities. But um, I think this is a good, great plan B in Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, again, proven pitcher. He had that nice little run with Boston. And, uh, again, just pitched in a big game. I'm pretty sure he pitched in the World Series. Yep. So, again, it's a guy who – is due for a regression, like you said. I mean, Fangraphs has him a little, little under four ERA for 2024. But the biggest thing for me is he's projected to make another 30 starts, uh, 31 starts, and 100, a little under 180 innings. And that's what the Mets need, uh, durability. And, um, again, this is a good plan B. I consider this a plan one, uh, or excuse me, plan A2 in my eyes, Eduardo Rodriguez would, uh, but again, I'm not committing to like a six year deal for Rodriguez. I would, again, I would want like a three, four year deal for this type of pitcher. But again, if, if he's asking for more than four or five years, then I think it's a hard pass, but it's a good plan B. Yeah. I'm not going four or five years. I agree with you on that. I look at like maybe a three year deal with a higher AAV. Would you rather have Eduardo? Would you rather have Eduardo Rodriguez or Shota Imanaga? Oh, I don't know. I just looked at Shota Managa's highlights the other day, and and I and I I just think he's vicious. Uh, he's he's got that like not swag, but he's got that like bulldog mentality to him. And he paints the corner so yeah, nicely. man, dude. No, for real, he does. And again, the thing with Eduardo Rodriguez though, he he, I like his changeup. I really do. I think that's his best pitch. I think that's his go-to pitch. Um, yep. but again, you know his his FIP last year was three six six, which is nice, even though his ERA was three. 3.30. Um, again, I, like I said, it, just a nice plan B for the Mets if they really had to pivot, uh, especially if they lost out on not only Yamamoto, but on Imanaga as well. And it's funny, too, because if you look at Eduardo Rodriguez's baseball savant page, mm-hmm. you would think that he had a down year. He is average or below average in whiff percentage, chase percentage, K percentage. He's above average, just a little bit above average in walk percentage. Fastball velo, 22nd percentile. He only averages 92. But, you know, something that I said to you that now that I'm thinking back on it, 
yeah, the Mets really could use a guy that you know is going to start 30 games. You know, yeah. if they go ahead and bring in Yamamoto and Imanaga, again, we're still heading into 2024 with a similar mindset that we did knowing Sanga was our third starter going into last year where we were praying for the best. But at the end of the day, it was a question mark. If the Mets were to, let's say, sign Yamamoto, miss out on Imanaga, but then sign Eduardo Rodriguez, at least you know that you have somebody that's going to start close to, if not 30 games a year. Yeah. And I think that that would provide stability. And I think, I don't know, I, I think given Eduardo's, not necessarily his age, but also the fact that he opted out, some of his underlying figures, I don't know if teams are going to be throwing the absolute bank at him. Like teams yeah. are going to probably overpay for Jordan Montgomery. So I feel like I'd be more comfortable signing an Eduardo Rodriguez, despite me thinking that Montgomery may be a bit better. No, I don't disagree with you on that one because again, you know, he he opted out for a reason. I think I think he's trying to get the best bang for his buck. But at the end of the day, uh, he's going to end up with like a three four year deal. And you know, again, I. I, I just don't feel comfortable with – and I like Jordan Montgomery. I thought he did – obviously, I watched him in the little, nice little playoff run that he had with the Texas Rangers, and he looked he looked really, really great, like good. But, again, is he going to repeat that success, especially in a town like New York where he struggled with the Yankees? Um, Eduardo has pitched in the Northeast. He pitched for Boston. And, like I said, he's just, again, very durable, 30 to 31 starts consistently. Uh, like I said, nice plan B for me. So I'm good with Eduardo Rodriguez. All right, Robbie. So at this pace, it looks like we'll record again in two days. Is that right? Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. I like doing this. Yeah, dude. Listen, it the best time of the season, there's I think that there's two of them for baseball fans. One yeah. is opening day. Okay. And two is the winter meetings. Winter meetings are an absolute blast. They kick off next week. From the 4th through the 6th, we will have all the content for you. We won't be live from there, but we will have all the content for you here on the hot stove. You know, for those that think the Mets are done and that are complaining that we just signed Severino and, and Joey Wendell and that's our offseason, uh, you know, honestly, don't, don't, don't expect that because, again, the Mets are, are going to be aggressive. They're not punting on 2024. I could tell you that right now. And, and again, I think, I think in, in, and then and the end goal is that the Mets are going to be competitive and they're going to put the best product out on the field. Couldn't agree more with you, buddy. As a reminder, mm -hmm. be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Couple Mets. Be sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And again, we'll talk to you in a couple of days when the Mets make another cluster of moves, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Definitely. For Rob Benegas. I'm Ian Bosniak. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk soon. Take care. Good night, guys.